out there, fight fans. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana, joined by my buddy and partner, Dan Urban. And look, we're here to talk about the judging from Saturday's Fight Island action, but this was not an event that will be remembered for its controversial judging or anything like that. No, sir. This event's place in history was cemented by one of the most amazing knockouts you will ever see in combat sports. You got that right, Scott. We're definitely going to talk about Joaquin Buckley's incredible head kick KO of Impa Kasaganai later in the show. But Scott's right. Judging is our thing, and we do have some contested rounds to discuss. That includes one round in particular, which didn't impact the result, but it has to be one of the worst round scores of the year from a judge at a UFC event, if not the worst. Yeah, you felt really strongly about that round, which, you know, again, we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute because we've got something else to discuss first. But I didn't quite feel as strongly as you do. So I'm, I'm definitely going to let you lead the dance on that conversation. Yeah, I'm glad to do it. <laughs> I bet you are. But yeah, again, so so let's dive into what I what think we need to discuss first, which is kind of the fallout from the main event here between Corey Sanhagen and Marlon Marais, where Sanhagen got the second round TKO. Looked fantastic. That was well, a spinning heel kick, too, on the way. That was oh, really great. Yeah. He just looked fantastic the whole fight. Sanhagen looked really good. And unfortunately for Marais, it, you know, he's no longer in the title con- conversation at the moment. But Sanhagen, at the moment. Sanhagen put himself right right back in there. And uh, he said he wants the winner of Sterling and Jan. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he kind of played himself out of the, you know, we thought out of the title conversation when he looked, you know, yeah, I wouldn't say he looked bad, but it was just that. Aljamain Sterling looked amazing against him earlier this year in securing at least what should be secured a title shot against the champion Peter Yan. Yeah, and Sanhagen beating Marais, I think, cements that. And there's just no way else you can go in this division. I mean, logically and from uh, you know an earned standpoint, yeah, I would say so. But you know, this this division hasn't always operated with logic in mind, especially lately. Uh, you know, we had a Jose Aldo getting a title fight earlier this year off a loss for a vacant belt off a loss to Marais. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Crazy. Division. So, you know, it's it's not like everything is always done this way anymore in the UFC. It's not like it's not like it was in the old days where things, you know, not that they were. Was it ever they done were always the right done way? that way, too? I think they used to be better than they are now. Okay. You know, I don't want to say things were ever fantastic because, you know, there were there weren't even any rankings that they were putting out there. Not that these rankings that come from the panel they have right now are something particularly to be taken seriously. Uh, but it is something the UFC does keep in mind when they're promoting. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there I would say the one wild card who assuming Yan is going to fight Aljo next, which is what it should be. And we can't necessarily assume it, but we'll operate that way. And then if Sanhagen is waiting in the wings, unless they want to give him one more fight between then or something like that, the one wild card is definitely Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar is a big wild card. And even, Sanhagen even said he's a, he's ahead of him, along with TJ Dillashaw is ahead of him. So well, TJ is the other wild card here, too. That's true. But that obviously that doesn't come into play until mid-January when uh, TJ returns from his suspension for using EPO. Yeah, so... I think I'd like to see Sanhagen versus either one of those guys. That'd be fun. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, I think him versus Frankie would be fun. Uh, they were, I mean, they were originally supposed to fight. Yeah, maybe it'll actually that uh, was That was happen. booked. That was last January, right? That was supposed to yeah. happen. Yeah. The one thing I would say is, oh, goodness, I don't know how well that matches up for Frankie. Who knows? I, I don't know. Maybe if Frankie wrestled. 
Maybe. I, I think if he mixes in the wrestling better, and, and he certainly could. I mean, it's not like he can't do that. He's done it plenty of times. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting fight. Is it the one we're going to get next? I don't know. But I do hope that we do get Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling next. I think that's – it's like the no-brainer fight from – actual fight fans is there anything else that people are really clamoring for that they would actually put on i don't think so and they're at each other's throats so that's another oh, yeah. element that makes it interesting i just let's have them fight already hopefully they do it great division everything's in a really good place right now and i hope they don't get held up with any weird you know blockages of contenders not getting fights or something like that like we've had at these other divisions it just drives fans like us crazy but i think you know that let's let's move on though we've got We've got some contested rounds to get to here, Dan. Uh, I think probably we should lead with the one that you are the most mad about, and that came in Edson Barboza's clear victory over Makwan Amirkani. And in this fight, we had three different scores. We had 30-27, we had 30-26, and we had 29-28, all for Barboza. Now, which of those scores to you is the most offensive, Dan? 29-28 for Barboza is just awful. And why? Amir, why is that? Amir Khani did not win round three. He didn't even come close to winning round three. It it, it just it eats me up because Barboza was the more effective fighter there. Just because Amir Khani got a takedown and stayed there for however long, two and a half minutes, before getting stood up by the ref, which indicates a lack of uh, activity, gets up, starts eating punches. It, Barboza's round, the whole way, he was the only offensive fighter in that, that round. It, I can't... Uh, uh, I'm getting heated up right now just thinking about you, this. You are, you are, you are. Calm down, Dan. I don't want you to start throwing stuff. So so who is the offending judge here? Who's the um, judge that you are not pleased with? Well, he is making his debut in the UFC. It was uh, Victor Wolf, and uh, he got this one wrong. I think this is the worst scored round in the pandemic era. I wouldn't say of the entire year because we had Joe Solis earlier before the pandemic. We had some pretty bad scores in February in general. I mean, you, you think back to the, the Virginia card and especially in uh, New Mexico, we had some pretty rough ones. It's it's hard to think back to that time because, you know, February was 25 years ago. <laughs> That's true. It was a real long time ago. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not as heated about this one as you. Honestly, I, I watched the fight again because I... When you told me how mad you were about this score, I was like, "Well, I'm definitely gonna watch this again and and make sure." Uh, because I, I had it, I had this 30-27. I thought this was a 30-27 fight. If you wanted to go 10-8 in uh, in round two, we'll discuss that in, in a little bit with our 10-8 watch. But I thought this was 30-27. The thing with round three though is that there just wasn't a whole lot of action most of the round. And who's you know, fault from was either that? man? From either Amir man. Connie's fault. He threw him on his back and he stayed there. And then the ref he stood him up. He didn't do anything there. It's and true. There, there wasn't a whole lot going on. That last whatever forty seconds or a minute, whatever, t- how much time was left, was all Edson just hitting him with hard, hard shots. Yeah, it was like thirty to forty seconds. It, it was. He didn't land a ton though. I mean, he landed the shots he landed were really good shots, but I think he only landed like seven strikes in the whole round. It's not like this was some sort of beatdown or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I. Seven I had no zero. problem going with Barboza there. I didn't. I don't see a, a crazy argument for Amir Khani, but I don't see any technically argument. he did land more. Uh, were they as impactful? No, definitely not, even not. Close, but I mean, I don't like this as a round score. I don't think it's a good round score. Um, but and I I've struggled to come up with anything I'm more offended by from this pandemic era. But yeah, I I don't think it's that bad, man. I don't know. 
29-28 does not look as good as 30-27, even though it's the same result. It upsets me. I mean, me. it's never it's never a good look when you have three different scores on a fight, even if the all three scores can be defended. Um, I can't, I this is definitely can the it. least defensible score. You know, I, I think the 30-26, which came from Dow Ransom, uh, apparently, from what I'm hearing, is uh, is an up-and-coming judge that people are really looking forward to seeing more of in the future. Yeah, he, he, he gave a 30-26 and because he gave a 10-8 in the second round, and, and a lot of people thought that could have been a 10-8, so I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, we'll, we'll Vito get... Palillo was the one who had the 30-27 just as I did. Yeah, 30-27, I mean, I think that's the right score. 30-26 may be a bit of a stretch, but I, I, I don't mind someone going 10-8 if they think it, it got that far. Uh, I just don't like it. Someone getting the the round they didn't deserve. All right, that's fine. I mean, and, but you know what I always try to remember when we talk about these third rounds and stuff is yes, we want the judges to get them right every time, but it literally couldn't have impacted the results. And the judge who put it down knew that going into it, so it's not like it would have actually made a difference. I know, it still eats me up. So that and that's part of the reason why I don't get so heated because I. I get more heated in a round one scenario where maybe that shouldn't have gone that way. But if it's round three and you already gave the other two to the other guy and in a close fight, I mean, not even considering 10 eights here. I don't know. It's just not worth getting my blood boiled up about, but I understand. I, I, you know, it's okay. It's okay to have feelings, Dan. I will cut him some slack for him being his debut event, but, and I think he did have some good scores throughout everything else. Other than that, I'm, I'm totally fine with, but yeah, I didn't think I didn't think we had a crazy bad night of of judging in any way. It's just that round that I thought Edson deserved a little better, but that's okay. We can. Uh... The only the only other fight that I thought was one that we really needed to kind of discuss at length, and we'll we'll talk about some other rounds here and there. But the the opening flyweight fight of the entire event was uh Tagir Ulanbekov, who I definitely butchered the name of, <laughs> getting the win over Bruno Silva. And round one and three, these were the split rounds among the judges here. So let's start with round one. Judges for this one were Mike Bell, Anders Olsen, and Victor Wolf, your guy again. Uh, and I'll say this. In round one, even though Bell and Olsen gave that to Ulan Bekov, I gave it to Silva just like Wolf did. So I saw it his way. I have no qualms about going Silva in round one. He had. Is good. that where you went? I did not go that way. I went Ulan Bekov. I okay. thought he landed the stronger strikes throughout, but Silva did have good leg kicks and he had some good punches of his own. I just didn't think they were as effective. But if you saw it that way, I think it's very, very def- uh, defendable there. The leg kicks were very so. strong. I, I really I gave a lot of weight to those. Um, you know, I'd like to think it wasn't just because of being influenced by the commentary team. They looked really good. <laughs> they just did. Yeah. I, you know, I, I watched that. Uh, I watched that after uh, after the event. I actually missed it the first time around, but. Yeah, I, I just thought this was a nice, good effort from Silva here. Yeah, I, I just in round one. Yeah, he totally fine going Silva. I have no issue with that. I just went Ulanbekov. I favored his strikes better. I thought they were more effective. But round three, I have a bit more of an issue. Yeah, round so round three, we'll we'll talk about that. But just uh, just so everybody knows, Ulanbekov definitely won round two. There was no arguments there. At this point, the judges either have it tied or two out of three actually have Ulanbekov up. Two rounds to none, and that was Bell and Olsen. So at this point, Silva, he needs a win. He needs he needs a finish to win this fight. He doesn't know it, of course. But round three, so you don't you don't really like the idea of Mike Bell going Silva here? Is that the deal? I, I don't. I thought 
Ulambekov was pouring it on early until he decided to take a shot and start grappling, which they both did for like three minutes ineffectively. They, they just grappled each other. I didn't think anyone gained any advantage during it. And then the final 20 seconds, they just let loose and, and throw bombs at each other. So maybe if you know you don't really remember what happened in the early part of the round, that final 20 seconds will leave a good impression for Silva because he did hit Ulambekov with that one big shot. But I, I just think Ulambekov did plenty in the early part of the round to take it. I mean, I don't know about that. I thought it was a generally pretty close round. I actually had a tough time kind of deciding which way I wanted to go here. And I did end up, like you, seeing it for Ulambekov. But, I mean, look, Mike Bell's one of the best judges there is. So I'm sure he remembers what happened early in the round. I, that That's fine. I, I'm sure he does, too. But that's the only that's the only argument I can see for why going Silva. I did not think it was close. Okay. Uh, that especially that three minutes of them just back and forth grabbing uh, grappling with each other, there was nothing effective there for me. All right, all right, fair enough. I mean, the right man I think got the win here. You know, I on my card it was twenty nine twenty eight for Ulan Bekov, and he did get unanimous uh, decision here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to get too heated. It's kind of it's one. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I don't really. I just don't really see a strong argument for Silva. It's just, I guess Mike Bell did. I, you know, Dan, I, what I think is funny about this fight though is it's one of those fights where you have one judge who gave a 30 27 score and two judges who gave 29 28 except they were split on how they got to 29 28 so the way it worked out was the 30 27 score every round that he scored he had one other judge agreeing with him at least so technically that's the majority score aggregate wise that wasn't the only fight we uh we had that had this similar phenomenon no we we actually had this in, in I don't think this comes up too often, but we did have two from Fight Island on Saturday. And the other fight was Tony Kelly. He got the decision win over Ali Alkazi in the fight that I was looking most forward to. And I thought delivered. I, th- I mean, it didn't get fight of the night because they gave out so many uh, individual performance bonuses. But that was a good fight. That was a fun fight. And uh, hopefully it was not loser leaves town. No, I hope not. Even though Alkazi did go to 0-2. I thought they both looked pretty good. But I did think all three rounds probably should have gone to Kelly. And I agree. So round one and round three, though, are the ones where there was some split there. They were contested. Uh, so let's talk about round one first. And how did you see this one, Dan? Round one, I scored it for Kelly. I thought he definitely was the closest to finishing the fight, especially that arm bar late really sealed it for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I agree. I thought that arm was close to being snapped. And and uh, you people can say all they want because of the leg positioning. It looked worse than it actually was. I, I totally don't buy that whatsoever. I still think it was a close enough round that I understand why Andrews Olsen descended from Dow Ransom and Clemens Werner here. I, I, I totally see a case for Alcazi getting this round. That guillotine was really tight. And, and the I mean, he actually did some offense from the front headlock position. He was doing you know, some knees to the thighs. Yes, he was. So, uh, I mean, those scored. Absolutely. So I, I just think uh, Kelly was uh, better with that armbar triangle thing. I think so too. It was it was really really good. Um, and I I was leaning Alcazi like almost all the way, and then all of a sudden it was just it kind of clicked to me. I'm like, you know what? I think I think Kelly did take it. Mm-hmm. Round two, everyone saw it for Kelly. No argument there. But round three, again, we were split here, and again, it wasn't the same judge. It was not Anders Olsen, but instead was Clemens Werner who gave this one to Alcazi. Did you give it to Alcazi as well? No, me uh... either. 10-9 for Kelly. He landed that that knee slash kick that rocked Alcazi early on rocked in the round. Good. 
you know, he stumbled, he jumped on him, and he was looking for a Dars for a split second, but then he decided, I'm not going to go for this, I probably don't have it. But it was a good attack nonetheless. It was good, it was good, it was, it was very, good br- offense. very brief, but it was good. You didn't see much from Kelly after that initial, what, minute and a half or yeah, so, he, he kinda where took he was off really successful, but... I do think that even though Alcazi was able to land here and there for the rest of the round and, and also uh, absorb a, a Lobo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I really didn't think that he was able to make up the difference there. I didn't think anything he was landing was significant enough to claw back because, I mean, Kelly was still finding offense here and there. It was not, it was not nearly as much, but I, I just didn't think... I thought overall it was kind of like an even round as far as how they were landing at each other, but Clearly, the impact and the effectiveness came from Kelly, and he also had that choke attempt. Yeah, and Alcazi did have that. He did have a spinning back fist later on in the round. He uh, likes those, but it wasn't enough to to sway it for me. No, so I yeah, I, I honestly I think it's pretty clear thirty twenty sevens for me. Uh, so I agreed with Daryl Ransom, who, uh, once again our I guess up and coming judge. Uh, we should say I hope we get to see more of. Rook- I thought he did a good job. Yeah. Rookie of the uh, night from this event. Rookie of the night. Sure, why not? <laughs> We'll go. We'll send you. We'll send you a prize from the from the couchside judges. No, we won't. <laughs> we have no budget. Oh. That was it for the contested rounds, though. We did have some for the ten eight watch. We we touched upon a little bit about Barboza and Americani in the second round. Uh, I don't think it should have been a uh, a ten eight. Yeah, as, as Daryl Ransom did, but uh, you know, I don't think it's a bad score. Yeah, originally I had a ten eight live. I rewatched it today. I couldn't. I couldn't find a second D. I, all I found was damage. Uh, okay. So that that's why I had to switch to a ten nine. Yeah, that's fair. I understand. Uh, I I think you made the right call here. Uh, but you know, again, I can understand why someone would get to a ten eight. I I kind of get it. Uh, what about any other rounds? Because there weren't any other ten eights given out. As I understand it, you saw a couple. I saw Ilya Taporia over Yusef Zalal. I thought round one was a ten eight. Okay, why? I thought he had grappling dominance for duration. He chained his subs really well. It was dominant, and it all was any transitions uh, on the ground. Zalal was kind of helpless there, and uh, Zalal didn't really do enough to negate it. I mean, you make a compelling argument. It's a defensible score, but I disagree. I just I didn't think it quite got there. That's fair. It wasn't three. And, I, and obviously, that's how the judges kind of saw it that way, too. Mike Bell, Anders Olsen, Vito Palillo. I was shocked Mike Bell didn't go 10-8 here. When Look, I, if Mike Bell isn't pushing for a 10-8 in this round, I, I think that's probably the, the strongest case you can make that it's not a 10-8. I mean, you may be right. I could be completely wrong here. But I even tweeted, I said, I guess Mike Bell wasn't on that fight. <laughs> sure enough, he was. Yeah, and then he was. Showed you. She did show me. And uh, Okay, and the other fight I thought, or the other round that deserved a 10-8, and another fight was Giga Chikazi over Omar Morales. I thought round three, uh, Chikazi deserved a 10-8 for damage and duration. He dr- Actually, you know what? You know what? I think you're right. I, I'm with you on this one. He dropped him. He swarmed. Morales was in a lot of trouble. He ended up surviving it, but I think damage for duration was there. Yeah, and again, this was another one that Mike Bell was on with, with Paolo and Wolf, and they didn't go 10-8, but I think I'm with you. I think I see a 10-8 here. I am, you know, both of us going against the grain of all three judges, but I, I could see a 10-8. It's not egregious to go the other way, but yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I like, I like a 10-8 here. Yeah, I was for also, sure. I was also offended by Las Vegas for giving Morales the uh, the favorite here. Oh my god, that was just goofy. Come on, Giga Chikadze is <laughs> Giga Chikadze has looked so good this summer. I, and yeah, you know, put some respect on that man's name. <laughs> but that was it, really. I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of contested or you know 
unusual scoring. I know you had your your qualm earlier we discussed, but yeah, I mean, it, no, nothing really impacting any results or anything like that. Now, the right fighters won every fight. It was just individual uh, rounds. We had a little absolutely. disagreement on. So, unanimously wise, of course, we got to give props to the judges for getting all three to Tracy Cortez over Stephanie Eggers. That was kind of an easy call there. What I thought was a more difficult call was to make sure Marcin Tybura got his 29-27s unanimously with a 10-8 and a third. And that was, I was kind of wondering if they were going to end up doing that. And, and sure enough, they did. The fight of the night for the judges wise, I think this is the fight because they nailed it. They did. And absolutely. Victor Wolf so you know was what? on there. So I do give credit where credit is due. Great yes, job, absolutely. You got, you've got to give the props, man. And we also, there was those are partial fights they got, right? Oh, yeah, of course. There were a couple of fights that ended in the second round here. Big fights. Of course, we talked about Sanhagen. Uh, Sanhagen got the first round on all three cards. That was that was kind of a no brainer yep. there. It was, it was a good, good start for the man uh, before he finished it before they needed to uh, turn any more scores in. And Joaquin Buckley getting the amazing, fantastic, brilliant knockout over Impa Kasanganai in round two. But he also won the first round before he got that. He did. We got to talk about this. This this is the knockout, man. I mean, this is this is what set the internet on fire last night. They, when, this when, did when, set the internet happened. on fire. It set my house on fire. My dog was going crazy. Did you call the fire department? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, sorry about that. I was just sizzling. Oh, okay. But, man, what a knockout. People people already want to call it the best knockout of the decade. I do not want to go that far. Yeah, I have trouble putting it number one. I mean, and I I haven't really sat there and said, okay, which one is definitively my, my number one knockout of all time or, you know, what criteria you'd use for that. But, like, I think for me, if I'm going to set some type, some criteria over what is the knockout, you know, the best knockout ever. I don't care if it is in a big spot or not. I don't, it doesn't need to have been of great import. No, I just want to be able to say, what can I dial up on my phone in a five second clip and show my buddy, you want to see something amazing? This no context, nothing. You just show them. Anderson Silva highlights. Anderson Silva highlights. Uh, I love his elbow. I love his elbow knockout uh, in cage raid. Yeah. I don't know if you remember a standing elbow yeah. knockout from him. Speaking of elbow knockouts, just last year we had Yair Rodriguez with that crazy elbow on the Korean zombie buzzer beating in a fight he was going to lose. Uh, you had uh, Jorge Masvidal a six second knockout over Ben Askren with a flying knee to start the fight. I mean, there's just so many great knockouts to just crown this one. I mean, it was just probably impulse. Heck, Edson Barboza, he he had the spinning wheel kick knockout of Terry Adam Terry a few years Adam, ago. Yeah. It was kind of a similar slow fall. <laughs> it was another slow fall knockdown. Maybe that's the criteria. If it's a slow fall knockdown, you win. What, whichever one looks more like a cartoon tree falling after being chopped down where someone shouts timber. And can sanganize eyes. Oh, my God. He, he saw the face of God. That was wild. <laughs> that was insane. I mean, obviously... We know he's okay now, and it's much easier to talk like this, knowing that Impa Kasanganai is fine, you know, as far as we know, and and you know he's tweeting and he's out there, and hopefully everything is just perfectly fine with the man. But oh my goodness, that was insane! Wild, sweet chin music. <laughs> it was it was sweet chin music from up close. Just imagine how you're able. I mean, he had the arm, and he was able to basically use momentum to make it even worse. It was so crazy. Yeah, that was such a wild knockout. It was awesome. I loved it. If you can't tell, this is obviously Dan and I 
our favorite finish. I mean, it would kind of be, <laughs> I guess we'd probably be too cool for school if we were trying to pick something else and be like, well, you know, my favorite finish was actually something else. But well, if someone hit an Alma Plata, this would have came second every single time. Oh, oh, come on. Don't do that. It would have. Ah, but... Gogo Plata, maybe. We never see Gogo Plata. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we we did have obviously we had six finishes. This was a this was a fantastic event, like start to finish, basically. Uh, even the decisions were fun to watch, mostly. Uh, but yeah, we had six finishes, four in the first round. Uh, I know your boy Chris uh, Dawkins, he got a knockout in forty five seconds. You must have loved that one. That was great. He was another big underdog for some reason. I loved watching Tom Aspinall getting the finish of Alan Badeau. Happy fun. Put Aspinall and Dawkins together. A, he, both of these. They're good young heavyweight prospects who I hope they don't put together for a while. Oh, let's, let's see them in like a year true. or yeah, something all right. like that. Yeah, all right. Or two Keep years Keep them maybe. separate. Opposite sides of the table and until they meet. Yep, absolutely. They, I, but I like I like what they're doing with some of their heavyweight prospects that they've signed. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen some heavyweights that have enjoyed uh, up and coming guys. You know what I mean? Heavyweight may c- become my favorite uh, one day. Not anytime no. soon, but no, one day no, perhaps. Uh, you're right. No, I'm, it, I'm it never it won't. won't. Yeah, it won't. You're right. That, that's a bad hot take. It's not going to happen. <laughs> that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap on this post-fight edition of the Couchside Judges. Dan and I will be back again for another installment Friday, likely with some more past judgment action as we've been able to do the past few weeks. We'll brainstorm something fun for you guys ahead of the next UFC card from Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Couchside Judges, as well as myself at Scott underscore Fontana, and my DMs are open. Find me as well at Dan Urban MMA. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you on Friday. Later, guys. Later, guys.